G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Craft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fierce. Today we are joined by a very special guest, very good friend of the brand. Uh, he's been at the top of the game for a long, long time. MJ from the Coaches Panel, how are you and what are we drinking? Brother, it, it's good to see you, it's good to chat. Well, I've, I've given you a beer that I, I think, depending on what your definition of craft beer is, and if you define craft beer as really difficult to find, then I think I've given you something. If you define it based on certain specifics, maybe it doesn't sit for you. But I think tonight uh, we've got the Matilda Bay uh, Redback Summer. I think you've got uh, their original ale, though. But, yeah, a mate of mine works for them and put me onto them about a year or two ago. And they're a win for me. So, yeah, go on the Redback Summer for me tonight. But I think you've got their original there, man. Yeah, no, it was it was very tough to find. So I played a pretty straight bat. This is um this is the best I could do. I remember I remember the the Redbacks from Yonks ago. Um, That's right. Matilda Bay has certainly been around um, for for a long time. Yeah, good beer, nice, uh, easy drink, solid as win. Yeah, that's it. Everybody likes something different, don't they? Like you know, some like this really summer light, kind of fruity kind of thing. Others like something that's a little more, you know, the aromas and different textures and stuff. But you know, once you find a beer you like, you like the fact you couldn't find it, that makes it craft, right? That like Maybe. by definition. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we've been hitting the stouts pretty hard, so um <laughs> it's nice just to back off and just have a nice little easy casual drink and beer rather okay. than a, a sipper. So yeah, it's anyway. the fantasy equivalent of having pick one every year and then you get on the turn at pick ten in your draft. It's like, ah, finally the pressure's off a little bit. I can do what I want. Love yeah, it. it. No, it's good. It's good. Happy to have it. And um, no, thanks for being here. It's um, yeah, it's great to have you again. We talk every year, and, and certainly one of our our favourite people to have. Talk about your home league, man. What 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 is your actual home league like? Is it salary? Is it draft? What what goes on there? I'm at heart and soul. Uh, I'm a dream team guy, but drafts have probably been over the past three to five years become my favourite thing, especially keeper leagues. Really, really enjoyed the challenge of, of list building and, and the challenges and, and done a bunch of different ones from you keep 10 or 12 right through to I just started a, a new dynasty style league this year and I feel like I've committed some kind of cardinal sin in my brain because you keep 35 and, and you delist five and that's it. And that took me like three weeks to draft with a, with a bunch of people at the start of the year. So probably Dream Team was what first got me in to fantasy footy about what, 10, 12 years ago. But yeah, drafts, I, I just they can't get away from, man. I love it all, but drafts for me is kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, I think a lot of the, like a lot of us have just sort of transitioned from salary over the years. How are you yeah. traveling in your main league? In my main draft league? I'm I'm lucky at the moment. I'm sixteen and zero. Sixteen and zero. Yeah. I don't know how, how did, to how did that, that happen. I don't know. A lot of you know. Then those those moments where you can see yourself mid Sunday afternoon, and you're going loss on the cards here. And then I've just had guys like Andrew Brayshaw have his unicorn. Why not he outscore? Yeah. The the kitty cop. You know. You just get lucky every now and then where you just get the unicorn game. And so I've probably had two or three unicorn games every week from my players. And, and I just, like, I, I love to siphon through sort of from F4 to, to your bench, your D4 to your coverage almost every week and just constantly using the player pool and the matchups. I know you guys 
um, do some really great stuff, uh, especially this year, the way you've been tracking it against matchups. And, and I think that's just part of the fun and challenge of drafting, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think drafts for me are the, the way to go. And, you know, touch wood, so far so good in my main one. I think um, something you touched on there is really important. The, the run good is, like, we try to say, you know, as much as you try to push luck out of the equation, of course, it's a huge part. And sometimes you just run good. Sometimes you run bad. You have those years. What's, um, what, what, what do you, you got any moves coming up for the finals? Is there anyone you're cutting, anyone you're looking to, to get in at the last minute? Or is it just, we'll just play it as it comes? Yeah, no, I'm, you've always got to be looking. Um, both through the player pool and depending on your league, if you've got trades kind of cut off heading into finals or if you're just kind of happy to let them roll, especially in keeper leagues, it's it can be a time where people really dump out of certain players and, and, and do some silly and crazy things. But there's always value of 20 to 30 points off a player's average or based off a fixture or something like that. So someone like a James Jordan, even though he's so highly owned, at the moment, I think he's like 89% of, of ultimate footy leagues. He's run about 20 points per game at the moment over the past month over what he's been doing. And depending on who's in the league, they see the average of what, 77? I think he's on at the moment. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can have James Jordan. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. But but on the past five, he's actually going 95 to 100. Yeah. Someone like a steel side bottom, you look at the average and you go, oh, he's just been gas for me all year. And yet four of his last five have been 90 in ultimate footy. And he's got North, Adelaide and Essendon over the next three weeks. So so for me, those are the kind of things I'm always looking for because luck's a part of the game. You're right. But you need some skill to get yourself in the conversation. Like a perfect example is luck. I think you, you talked about this on your, your boys episode on, that came out Monday about Callum Mills. Like that's just bad luck. For us, as fantasy coaches, it's not a bad choice if you put your captaincy on him. It's just, it's luck. No one saw a horse putting him in four different positions. Two, sure, but not four. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you can certainly, you know, good process in terms of like those moves you're making, but, um, and something like that, you know, you can't, you can't get a window into the coach's head at all times. So that's interesting. Do you have any um, punishments, draft day traditions, any, buy-ins what, what's what's going on in the league I, I got one one of my leagues has got a buy-in of, of 100 i think it's i think it's a grand at the end of the year kind of winner takes all uh, for that league but most of my mates like i'm in this age now I'm, I'm late 30s so most of the mates that i have just don't have energy or effort for any of those kind of stuff <laughs> you might in your 20s anymore so normally where it might be you've got to do this you've got to walk down here you've got to yep. wear this got it they're just like are you in this next year? Yeah, great, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're lost. All right, we'll tease and mock you in, in the group chat. Yeah. And that's about it. Yep. So you just get to that age where you don't care about stuff. And, and I think even though as much as they love and care about fantasy footy, they're just like, eh, you won, well done. Yeah, no one wants to, sit, like, in no, a, that's it. No one wants to sit in a Maccas for a day sort of thing. Yeah, no, I'm too old for that now. <laughs> you I'm not a both, teenager, man. mate. I'm too you're... old for that. Yeah, that's wild. I don't, I can't even imagine. That terrifies the hell out of me. No, teenagers are awesome. Teen, it's absolutely brilliant. It, like, he's just started doing fantasy footy this year. And so, I, like, I love hanging out with teens and working with teens before. I used I work in radio at the moment. But before that, I used to work as a high school chaplain, youth pastor, and in, and in youth work. So hanging and working and 
connecting with teens is something I've always kind of done since I was one. So the fact that I've now got a teen and got a tween as well in one of my other kids, I just love it. I I think it's awesome. You can be fun. Like he was, he was mocking me before. We have this game called Buffalo. Have you heard about the game Buffalo? No, no idea, man. If you'd like to, I can tell you it, but then you've got to do it. What, right now? Well, potentially yeah, right we'll now, see. but just you're right, accountable you for tell it. me. All right, very quickly. Uh, what's your dominant hand that you'd hold a drink in? Right. Okay, right hand, same as me. So I'm asking for a grace period right now. Every time you hold a beverage that you could consume in your right hand and someone sees you with it, they can call Buffalo and you've got to scull your drink. Oh, okay. Simple. And so if you get it wrong, it's in my left hand, you called me on Buffalo right now, I'd be like, nah, you've got to finish my drink and then go buy me a brand new one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's really bad if you've got a three litre of milk or a pitcher of beer oh, and man. someone calls you, especially if you're lactose intolerant. That That's a bad one. So you've learned all the angles of pouring and stuff. So he's 13. So he's he, we're at the dinner table and I was having a, had a cup and had a drink and he goes, Buffalo. I was like, oh, you pest. So, so that, like, that's just the fun stuff you get to do with teenagers. Like, I love it. They're cool. I don't want to scull my uh, hot coffee in the morning, man. I've got to yeah, be honest. No, no, no. Don't do that. Yeah, at some point I'll be like, go back to bed, you punk. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. So how does that how does that fit in having like all these kids running around driving you nuts, working a job, and putting out uh, awesome content every year like you do? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I just I always wanted to be busy in life. I just like doing stuff. I get bored really easily. So if I wasn't busy doing coaches panel stuff. I'd probably fill it with something else. And so we started the coaches panel. I think it was, I think it was the end of 2014, start of 2015. Somewhere around there, we kind of started. I, I, I did some writing for a group called AFL Dreamers for a while, spent a pre-season with the DT Talk boys. Gosh, that sounds like I, I was like some supplementary pick there, didn't it? Um, it sounds but, a long time ago, but, but you guys were around before us, so it's, yeah. it is a long time ago. Yeah, it is a long time. But no, I, I think everybody's got passions that they, they just like. And for me, I, I love football. I love the analytics side of it. I love the conversations that come around it. Like I said, that's the beauty of, of keeper and dynasty leagues, isn't it? It's not just this one and done. It, it's you're building and you're, you're always evolving stuff. So for me, I, I think we've all got more time in our life than we realize. We waste yeah. a lot of time. Uh, and and I, I, I genuinely think I got one shot at life, I want to do it with things that I love doing and with the people I enjoy doing it with. And, you know, it's my family, it's my kids, it's my wife, it's it's the boys that we do the coaches panel with, it's the people I, I work with at the Light in Melbourne, it's my brothers, like, they're my crew. And uh, and that's about it, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, what, what else could you be doing besides talking about how good Jai Simkin will be in uh, March? Oh, come on, man. Well, I keep holding <laughs> on to that train with you, man. I, like, I know a broken clock is right twice a day, but I keep holding on to hope with you yeah. that he'll turn. I may have even traded a little too much to get him in a keeper league this year because I'm just, I just <laughs> want to own him. I just want to own him. And then you look at what he gave up. You're like, yeah, that was right. But I've got him. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll turn into Bailey Smith. He'll be fine. Um, <laughs> he should be good. He anyway. should be good. He should be good. No, man, I... I'd probably just fill it with wasted Netflix time. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something I love, something I do. It's 
it's a it's a healthy habit. Uh, it's this it's this thing that I do with people and connect with, and I, I think we've all got stuff like that. Though I think that's the vast majority of why people start a, a fantasy footy creation, you know, of content, is because there's a common interest with a group of mates around it, and these are conversations that you'd normally have offline. And certainly from a coach's panel perspective, for, for the type of content we want to create, the way we, we choose to do what we do as opposed to what others do, is for us, it's we don't edit, we don't curate, we don't, uh, and most parts, we generally don't prepare uh, a massive big run sheet. Like it's a couple of notes and that's it, but we try to make it as organic a conversation that if people were sitting around a table, whether it be with a Rids or a Kane or a Jimmy or a Timmy or a Fox or a Jordox or a you know, Fish or Ben or any of these other guys that do some stuff with us. It, this is what it would be like if you were to sit down at a, at a bar with us watching a game. These are the kind of conversations we'd be having in between quarters. So that's kind of the way we've gone about it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I, th- I think that that conversational tone speaks to people and one thing i've noticed is and it's when we've talked to people who are fans of coaches panel they're big fans of coaches panel it's not just like i like them they're uh my third favorite show it's like i like coaches panel they're my favorite show that's the number one thing i want to listen to every week is is that just that connection do you think or at least a big part of it yeah i think everybody like I work in radio, like I told you. So what I learned in radio is every song you play is someone's favorite song and also someone's song that they hate the most. And so you've got this weird moment that when you're playing a song, someone loves what you're doing and someone hates what you're doing. And so for us at the coaches panel, it was when we, when we started and, and have been continuing on now through you know, various different iterations of, of talent that have rolled through the door, even though it's still a very similar crew from the starting point, it was always done with, we know some people will, will live and breathe what we do and, and, the, and the mantras and the ideas of how we've decided to make our content and the things we've chosen to do that are different to others and the things we've chosen not to do that others will intentionally do we know people will love that we also know there'll be things about what we do that people won't like and i think that's totally okay Uh, and and sometimes the the community is really great at loving content creators well and other times they're not so great at just going oh i don't like that i just won't consume that instead they go, I don't like that, but I'll still consume it so I can hate on that or troll on that. Now, to be fair, we've never really got too much of that because um, I think people have just disengaged from it from us. But but seeing that part in the community is always an interesting, it's an interesting moment when you watch the community kind of turn on itself when you go, man, this guy or this girl are just creating content for your betterment and benefit. And if you don't like it, don't engage with it. Um, but yeah, we have noticed that most people that listen to us fit a certain genre of fantasy coach, and you don't. We don't get a lot of casual one format players looking for the giggles and the entertainment. That's just yeah. not. That's just not us. I think if you're going to do this, you've got to find your niche. You've got to take time honing your craft, and then 
have an opinion and have a voice because no one will listen to you if you if you're just going to sit on the fence and give weak takes or reactionary takes no one will consume that and so you've got to be prepared to put your opinion out there and for better or worse people will love you or hate you for it at the at the end of the day we're i'm prepared to do that and i think great content creators in fantasy footy circles or in any if, if you if you want to have the best possible reach and impact and support and help for people then you've also got to be prepared for that to come in reverse which is people to not like you to be very anti you to not consume your product and the things you do in any shape or form so i think if you can be okay with people loving you then you've got to be okay with people not liking you and being prepared to tweet that to you or, or whatever it is so yeah i think for us we know the audience love for the most part why we do what we do but we also know there's a big chunk that just tried it wasn't for them and have moved on to something else yeah it's interesting so always i remember one of my favorite american content creators he said he goes by this theory the one and four versus the two and three and it's the the ones love you will buy all your stuff will listen to everything you do read everything you do the fours will hate you but they'll still engage and the twos will like you and the threes are just kind of blah and it's, it's always you're better to have the one and four versus the two and three 100 percent i'd rather be loved or hated for what i do or what i say than people be eh, about it and have no cut through it's why you see you know great content creators whether it be in in radio in tv and social media or in what we do in fantasy footy the people you generally consume they have an opinion they state it with clarity they to some extent some of them will explain the reasoning behind how they got to that position and then from there, I think that's what makes great content creators. Um, One thing I notice is the fours, if you do get that backlash, <laughs> the, the ones will cape for you. Like oh, yeah. You, you know, you don't even need to defend yourself because you will get 100%. that done for you. So it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think if you're trying to defend yourself, you're wasting uh, emotional and physical energy on something that you can't control. Yeah. And so I would rather put my energy emotionally, physically, psychologically, and every of the other cleats you could probably add at the back of that. That's what I'll choose to do is the things that I can control, I'll put my energy into, and, and I can't control what somebody else thinks or does. So I just don't, like, I just shake the dust off and move on. Yeah. Um, and I think all the boys that work with us, you know, are very, very similar. And I think if you want to start a fantasy footy or any kind of content creation um, bit of content like you'll either learn that from someone else giving you wisdom or, or you'll learn that from experience it's like it's the only two ways to kind of learn yeah it's really interesting like you you were probably someone who gave me a lot of advice uh over the years like especially in terms of taking a break like i know you guys took a break last year yep. i think it was last year or the year before last year I was yeah, it's a couple of years super, we took a full year off yeah yeah i was like super burnout i was like i don't want to stop but i don't want to keep going and you're like just man just just take a step back and yeah. sort of talk me through, like, just do this. And it was it was very good. Like, I come back feeling fresh and could see the bigger picture about why I did it in the first place. Yeah. Um, was that similar to you? I mean, there's so much going on in your life. We're not making squillions of dollars out here doing our fantasy footy podcast. <laughs> it's, um, it's purely for the love and, and yeah, the, the connection. It, yeah. I, I think if you're not doing something 
<laughs> like that. Like so, the reason we took a break. So it was about it was about 2016 or oh man, we're doing more than that. Like 2018, 2019, I think we we took a year off. So what we've been back four years. So do the math off that. We took a year off because like at the time, I just got a promotion at work. Um, all of my kids were just hitting a school. My wife was getting back into full time work after kind of getting all our kids out into school life. And then some of the other boys were changing jobs and one of them had a relationship uh, kind of not work out the way that it was tracking and intending to. And yeah, it just went from this point of all six or seven of us at the start were like all equally in on it. And then within a six month period, it was, oh man, this is all ride or die pretty much on me and one of the other boys. And then once you, once you're doing something that's meant to be a passion and it becomes a chore, you've either reached your expiry date in it or you've forgotten the reason you do it. And we, we stepped away for a year. Uh, we invited people that once we decided we wanted to come back, we invited people in going, hey, one of the things that became a bit taxing for us was we were just constantly doing the financial outlays of, you know, the podcast hosting and the website and the amount of time that we were to put in it. Like it was, it was building up to be you know, not a crazy amount of money, but enough that we were like, well, Hey, if you love what we do, here's a Patreon and yeah. we'll give you some extra, we'll give you some extra content for your support. And if you love what we do, a couple of bucks a month, jump in. If you want to do more than that, awesome. We'll give you a little bit more for it. Um, and uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine too. Uh, but but it certainly makes made a big difference for us, especially coming back where we went, okay, kind of the overhead started to become taken care of. And so now it was then just only about, all right, the content and the stuff we wanted to do. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's kind of funny because we had that, I don't want to re repeat too much of the conversation I had with uh, Hef about the, the subscription model and all mm. that, but I, I, I could, you know, we don't make, money from our articles or anything like that but sure. I, I always thought the best thing was for us was getting rid of the articles bringing in people to write that for us because i'm always wary of creating more content for you know x amount of dollars is it justified i like bringing in the guys but i found it really hard initially because it's like that that's my baby don't fuck this up like do a good job um and even still now it's like i don't agree with this take it's and sometimes it's hard to cut that cord but you kind of got to let that. But your guys got a you got a massive team, so I'd imagine that's you just have to do that sort of thing. Yeah, we got a. I think there's about there's about nine or ten, and so most people when they think of coaches panel, I think my voice is probably the most recognisable brand behind that, at least at the moment. Probably before that was Rids uh, that that kind of started it with us, and the reason it's probably mine is because if we do a podcast, it's me. And it's like, well, why is MJ on every podcast? It's like, well, I kind of got the gear to do it. So that's kind yep. of why. And the, and the others, as brilliant that they are at so many other things in life, if I said to the lads, boys, can you do a podcast this week? They'd be like, <laughs> we'll see in a week then um, and get it done. So, so yeah, I, I found that we learned uh, probably about five years ago, actually. We, we are now a regular on our team is a guy called Kane. And about five years ago, he, he just hit us up just randomly over Twitter one time and said, hey, I'm, I'm a college student in the US, uh, Aussie boy, but doing college over there. I love what you boys do. Could I write for you? And we're like, eh, send us what you got. 
I'm sure you've had those kind of moments where someone's like, oh, I want to join your team. And you're like, well, we've kind of got a brand and we've got to protect it to a level. People expect a certain level of standard of who we are and what we are. Uh, yeah, sure. And, and, and the moment we first connected with Kane, it was just like, okay, you think you look at the game in the same way we do, not in a confirmation bias kind of way where we're just trying to get more people like us, but in the sense of the narrative, the logic, the process, uh, you're not reactionary. You 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 actually understand the nuances of the game of football, not just, oh, he had 20 points this quarter. That's a good quarter. It's like, well, oh, he had five points this quarter. Oh, that's a bad quarter. He's a bad player. It's like you understood yeah. the elements of the game. And so, yeah, I, I'm like you, man. I've had to learn if you want the brand of what you do to go further, you need more people to assist in doing that. And then you've got to be prepared. There's going to be people that are either on your podcast or in your articles or handling your social media that'll put out a take that you go, you are fundamentally wrong. And let me tell you the 73 ways you are wrong. And I've just had to learn to let that go and go, well, as long as there's, there's logic and reasoning and at least their narrative holds firm, I can let it go. Yeah. Uh, it's more if they go, oh, I, I saw Callum Mills was going to have an absolute stinker this week. I'm like, no, you didn't, mate. Yeah. You, you didn't. That's why people put the captaincy on, because he brained it the last time. They're an easy match up the Essendon midfield, and he's a really consistent premium. So it was like everything held firm. It just, he got horsed uh, yeah. uh, along the way. So for us, that's important to make sure that, if we want the brand to keep growing and get beyond uh, me and Rids and Fox and Jimmy and Kane, it, it had to be more than just that. Yeah, I always, I always think of you on Fox. The other voices, but like you're <laughs> hosting, man. Like I always come back to it whenever everyone asks, like, who do you like? Who do you like? I always say, man, MJ. I love the way he hosts. I think he does a great <laughs> job. It's always clean. It's always. It, it's weird to hear you say earlier that you don't really prepare. Uh, I find that yeah. hard to believe. Like it's it's um, it seems so well structured and thought out and everything. Oh, I know just... where it's going in my head. Oh yeah. yeah, I I I know, I know what I can say that will get the best response out of the person. So a, a lot of the time, just just the demands of life. I I can probably only get one, sometimes two members of the panel together with my like our timetables to all line up. It's it's kind of like some kind of eclipse. It's We can get it right once or twice a week where we can get a couple of us. But I know there are certain questions I can ask to certain members of my team, and I know how to provoke and bait and even sometimes answer the question for them, uh, all done to get the best reaction out of that person for the betterment of the listener. So we're always thinking about who's listening to our podcast and the way we're talking to them. So even though we're talking to each other, it's always, it's listener centric. It's listener focused. We don't, we don't do in jokes. We don't do stuff like that. Um, much, much sometimes to my own loss uh, of enjoyment of life as much as I'd like to, uh, but it's, we all create like that. So yeah, I deliberately know where I'm going and what I want the podcast to look and feel and sound like, which is very uh, creative control heavy. Um, but for me, I know where I want to go and who to ask what I want to ask. So if, you know, like Rids, for example, who's probably the more outspoken team member uh, of the coaches. Man. You could say that. Yeah. So, so, some would maybe say some other things, but it, it, that's, that's him playing to it, you know, to pull the behind the curtain for you a minute. 
that's his personality just dialed up to 11. Yeah, and that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, or, you've got to have yeah. an opinion. You can't just be, oh, what do you think about your tr- people trading into Jai Simpkin this week? He's not going to go, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He'll, he'll go, that's a brilliant move, and let me tell you the six reasons why, or you're an absolute goose, and here are the 72 reasons why you shouldn't make that move, and he'll have an opinion. And I know that I'll get that out of him, whereas out of Kane, I'll get a deconstruction of process of how and where and what you should do to get things out of certain players. So uh, I think if you don't know how to get, as a host, if you don't know how to make your talent look great, you're not doing a good job as a host because it shouldn't be about you as the host. It should be about the talent you work with and how you can make them look great and how that can be of great support and assistance for the listener. And if you do those two things, you'll be a good host. I always think it's a tough balance because you don't want to come, like, the whole fantasy football is you're trying to be smarter than the next person. Totally. But you, you have to softball, you know, you have to just throw those nice softballs in there so people can just whack them over the fence. Totally. And it's kind of like, oh, do you think X is a is a good pick? And you damn well know yes or no. <laughs> but you kind of just have to play it off as that maybe you don't. I, I don't know. It sort of comes across as a little bit funny in some ways. Yeah, but I mean, I, is the listener think, thinking of that? Who knows? Well, I don't, and, and it all depends how people found you and what they like about what you do and what else is in their fantasy footy diet. Because let's be honest, when we started, it was what the end of twenty fourteen, and so there was maybe a handful of podcasts around, if that, and now. Like you, if you try to, you could go through 30 different AFL fantasy super coach and dream team related podcasts, or with not all of them, but most of them with some kind of niche about them. Not all, but most. And so, yeah, I, I think for us, instead of telling people what they should do, I, I, I just don't like that. Some yeah. will do that, and that's fine. For us, it's let's pull behind the curtain to help you see how we would how we would approach that trade or how we would approach that situation or season. Like, so for an example, when people are, you know, asking us in, in, in the unspoken brands of, of salary cap uh, of, Oh, should I trade this to this? We would always say to people that ask this question, well, let us see the rest of your team. Let us understand. Yeah. What's your focus? Is it league or is it rankings? How many trades have you got left? Yeah. What are you trying to do? It'd be the same in drafts when people go, should I trade this guy to this guy? It's like, well, where's your, where are you placed? How many weeks are left to go? What's your focus? Is it dynasty league? How many do you keep? There are so many variables that inform the answer. So it's hard to just give a yes or a no and actually genuinely help someone. So for us, it's here are the variables and we'll explain why they matter. And then we'll, to some extent, if we've got time, answer through all three or four or five variables to go well if you're in this situation i'd do this and if i was here i'd do this for this reason and then i could attack this over here because once people understand the way to think through things like our kind of hope is people don't need to consume our content anymore because they know (laughs) like they just go oh i know i've understood how these boys would think about this scenario and so i don't need to listen to a piece of content to consider that I've, i've figured it out um, I think 
like a great example would be Selby and what he's done in, in the AFL fantasy community. Like he was so ahead of his time when he first won it. What was it? 2017 uh, or 2018 when he first won it. So ahead of the time about how he played the game. Whereas now it's like if, if a premium misses a week, they're like trade, you go on, you're dead. Uh, and so I think that's a good thing. I think content creators should, and that's where the loyal following comes from is they go, yeah, I'm I'm with them because because they talk me through it, they help me through it, they don't just give me a content creator dependency answer. Um, and if some want to do it, that's fine. It's just we've kind of chosen, like I said to you at the start, we, there are certain things that we've chosen we'll do, and there are certain things we've chosen we won't do. Some because it's already out there in the market, others because we just don't want to be that. And, yeah. and that's okay. You've got to find you you've got to find your voice. You've got to find your niche. And once you've found it. You'll find your people, you'll find your tribe, and they're your crew that you can help support them through. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny you say that because, like, it, it like obviously it looks like you guys have settled into whatever your your routine wants to be, and you're kind of just this is who we are and what we're doing. Um, but you're also one of the few pods that really mixes AFL fantasy, super coach, draft keepers. Um, salary is probably probably be your main main thing, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, probably about probably about seventy percent salary based, and then thirty percent drafts based. Yep. But do you do you come across different vibes from like say AFL fantasy players versus Supercoach players? And and what oh, are the yeah. what what are the give me give me run run me through it run me through uh, it. Supercoaches are like the Melbourne Demons supporters, where they'll have cheese boards and Blunstons at games. They're they're the far superior ones that even though they can't figure out how their game works, <laughs> they. <laughs> They're better because they have efficiency in the game, and so so that that's obviously a bit tug in cheek. But but super coaches because I think they were among the first real big boom of fantasy foot. Even though there was a long time where Dream Team, which got renamed AFL Fantasy, and then there was the splinter off to go and do their own version of Dream Team. Yeah, you've you've kind of got super coaches and Dream Teamers think very similar, whereas AFL Fantasy coaches. Like, it's just, they are, it is the equivalent of TikTok versus Dream Team and Supercoach is more 30-minute TV episodes. Both are great, but it just requires a different style of focus and concentration and processing. So in AFL Fantasy, where you've got two trades a week, you're just burning through. You're like, I'm only thinking at two weeks ahead because that's as far as you can really get ahead. Even though we often say get as far ahead as you can, get four weeks in AFL fantasy if you can. The reality is in two weeks with two trades a week, you lose them, the moving, spinning cash every single week. Like in two weeks, the game changes drastically. Mm. And because you've got two trades a week, if you don't buy about this time of the year with seven, eight weeks to go, if you're ranked 5,000 and behind, you're no chance of getting into the top 100 because everybody at the top of the trees had already had the big name players and they'll be able to make moves every single week and you can't catch them. Whereas in Supercoach and Dream Team, the value of a trade is totally different. And so holding a Tim English, for example, could have been a viable strategy in those formats because you're going, well, with the one trade of sidewaysing him out to probably only sidewaysing back in with a second, I could make this one trade, make another upgrade, and while I'll be 30 or 50 points down over the next three weeks with the move, I'll make up those 30 to 50 points 
over seven weeks because having English as my F6, quote unquote, will be better than someone's, I don't know, Tim Taranto at F6 yep. by 10 to 15 points. It's where people that traded into Riley O'Brien in AFL Fantasy last week don't have to, or in Dream Team, should I say, don't have to go O'Brien to Gorn. Because if there's only 15 points difference over the next seven weeks, what is that? 100 points? You're already yeah. 129 points ahead with because you had O'Brien last week when you didn't have Gorn. And yeah. so those are the different ways people approach the game. So everybody thinks their format's better, like drafters, daily fantasy, keeper, dynasty. Everybody thinks that theirs is the best. Um, and we just chose to create a, a piece of content that ev- if you play multiple formats, you'll listen to us. If you play one, you probably don't because th- there's too much where we kind of pivot away to another brand or another format. And you're like, shut up, shut up about fantasy. Come back to Supercoach. Come, come, come up. Tell me how good Sean Darcy is, whereas the AFL fantasy coaches is going, don't mention Sean Darcy because he'll get injured yeah. and, I'll, and I'll hate my life. Come, come, come back to the two trade guy, the guy that's a streamer for two weeks. So we just chose to create something that if you play multiple formats and you're time poor and you want to understand rather than us just telling you what to do, We'd love to talk it through with you and then give you the information for you to make the decision. If that's what you're looking for, we're your peeps. If you don't want that, you'll probably get frustrated. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, yeah, I always love the, I, I love the limited trade format in, in uh, Salary Cap because I just forget to do my team half the time. So <laughs> by the end of the season, I've got all these you can trades storm home. Sleep. Yeah, exactly. I just storm home. It's kind of fine. Um, what what's something that fantasy content creators don't do a good job don't do a good job of? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, we can come back to it. No, that's a good question. I think making the listener the priority. Yeah, and what I mean by that is you're creating a piece of content. And like, I, I, I know I've heard others say it, that they'd still do this if no one listened. Yep. That's bollocks. Like that's genuinely bollocks. You wouldn't put the time, the energy, the effort, the hours. You might have conversations like that, but you wouldn't market the product and put it out there for others to consume if no one consumed it. So to a degree, we're all, let's say listener centric based on, how people consume, listen, read, stream, download, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I just think sometimes as a community, we we make ourselves, as in the content creator, we think what we have to say to each other is the most important thing and not the listener consuming the product is the most important thing. And so, again, that's a big, broad generalisation. And to be fair, I don't consume a heap of fantasy content out there. There's yeah. kind of a handful that I'll listen to regularly. I'll, I'll scattergun all a couple of times a year just to get a pulse check on what on what's actually out there. But but there's really only a couple that I'm like, okay, you're a part of my listening diet that I'll consume for me, not just consume to understand what's happening in in the sector of what we do. But yeah, I think for the most part, being listener centric and then honoring the listener enough when they disagree with you or they agree with you 
and you don't feel the need to retweet either. <laughs> For me, I'm big on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and again, that that everybody's different, aren't they? For some, that they'd be like, "Nah, go for that. That's awesome." And but for me, I just go. I just, I just got no interest on turning on. If someone wants to tweet us, for example, which you know, on an average week, we'd get a couple. I disagree with you on this, this, and this, and this, and you jerks. Yeah, I'll we'll kind of like the tweet. Yeah, because we because we want them to know we've seen it, not because yeah. we agree with it, but we won't retweet it and go, "Oh, good one, you muppet." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we yeah, just won't do you. that. And again, yeah, sure. everybody can do what they like. So it's it's not me being the, the Twitter police. It's just me going, what's the gain from doing that? Like, what do you? What's your actual intent behind it? And so you just you end up losing a listener out of that more often than not. So as long as we have an opinion about something, our listeners are perfectly entitled to have a list, a listener opinion back. And the same way that they're going to agree with what we say sometimes and disagree with us other times we're going to have our listeners interact with us on socials going totally agree with you with that and think you're absolutely off your rocker with that. And I go, cool. Talk me through your process. How'd you get there? What did you think? Cool. At least if I can see the reasoning, you do it's, you buddy. Yeah. It's really interesting. The, um, saying that like no in jokes and make the listener the focus. I love it. Like that's brilliant. It's, it's absolutely right. But I, like I listen to, I try to always listen to the news shows check yep. base, um, make sure I'm a across things. And I think it's great to give your own show a pulse check and go, okay, yep. maybe we're slipping into this bad habit, sure. um, whatever. But I, I feel like having in-jokes between you and the listener are, are good in a way, because like as long as you don't overdo it. That's what you guys do though. That's the difference is you, you know, what I love about whether it be lunch meat, which is all about yeah. Devin Smith. Yeah. Or or how good Toby Green really is uh, as as a footballer. Like you say these things, but then it's almost without five seconds pass before one of you kind of explains why it's a joke. Yeah. It's... And even the we hate new listeners bit, you say it in such a tone and way that someone will have a moment back where it's like, oh, I've just been brought into the moment. And so you don't do it and don't leave it hanging. So if you're going to do an in-joke or you're going to do a thing that we all nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we get each other, always be inclusive of the new listener. And maybe for me it's because of the radio background I've had where at any given moment someone's going to discover my radio station that I work at and for the first time they hear who we are, what we are, and the way we do. And so can we always explain everything that's – New, new to people? No, we can't do that. Like, that's like constantly being a concierge. You'll never do anything that that's beyond a certain standard. But for us, it's if you're going to do something that's got a little bit of a, you know, yeah. I, what you don't know, um, you, you bring them in so they don't feel excluded from the moment. But it is it is hard because I, I like having it. But <laughs> if if I say tune into a show that I'm not, you know, I'm not a weekly listener of, yeah, and that's a big part of their show, then I'm like, well. Why would I listen to you again? Totally. So, well, that's the balance, isn't it? Because some yeah. go, you found your tribe, and you genuinely don't, you can't be bothered getting anymore. You found your couple of hundred, your couple of thousand, whatever your reach of your podcast, for example, is, and you go, that's, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Then be as be as internal focused. Make it about you and the talent that you work with, and the jokes and bits and the player names you want. That's fine. It's genuinely fine. Um, but for me, I'll always choose with the content we create to go. 
if we do something that's a bit of an inside moment, we'll ensure that we bring the new listener into that moment so that we do that. Like, for example, uh, at the start of the year, someone sent us a message going, why did you introduce Riz as the winner of Dream Team for 2020? But what are you doing, just flexing? I'm like, no, I'm actually establishing credibility so that <laughs> I'm trying to let you know, hey, he's won a format. Regardless of, you go, oh, it's one of the small ones. Yeah, it is. We still won it. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's probably one of the harder ones to win in the sense of the the quality of intense coaches that focus on it probably as a percentage to other formats is quite, is quite a high of the intense super coach that'll focus on it. Not, not obviously having a dissonant in the other formats. So yeah, we, we did that to go, Oh, he actually knows what he's talking about. He's not just a random voice that you've never heard before. Certainly wasn't as a, he's awesome. And you better do what he says. Cause he's won it. You're punk sort of thing. That's kind of funny. Cause I never really thought you, um, Push that you're a hat winner uh, yourself. No, I've never particularly mentioned it on hard. Podcast yeah. once. Like never once. The first time it got noticed was when in the <laughs> is in the postseason when you invited me on to do an episode with you guys uh, off the back of the trade period, and it was yeah. just uh, I think just, Cam just threw it away as a throwaway line. It's yeah. the first time I did it. Like I didn't. Again, everybody's different, aren't they? But for me, I'm, I'm just not going to flex on my achievements in life, and. It's not because I'm not proud of what I achieved last year. Like, like true story, my oldest son wears my hat. I don't. <laughs> yeah. So he, he walks around, like, school and shopping centres and stuff. I'm like, he just likes the hat. I, I don't know if it's, like, because it's got, what, 25, 26. Like, I don't even remember the number on the side. Like, I genuinely don't. It's not because the achievement didn't matter, but because it's like, yeah, I, I don't – I think as much as I say that established credibility for Rids, because he's not on everything every week and I am – from a podcast perspective, okay, you've kind of figured out a couple of weeks in whether you're going to listen to anything I want to say or not. But if Rids is only on once every couple of episodes and Kane's on every now and then and this guy's on every now and then and Jordox is here every couple of months and Tim's on whenever Collingwood are winning and whatever it actually is, I, I just don't – I personally don't feel the need for it. Others do that and this, that's fine. Everybody's different. But for me, I just I just won't choose to do that i don't i don't feel the need or the desire for that at all shit man that'd be like our logo <laughs> <laughs> no but you're maybe if i win it overall i'll change my mind man but right now when yeah, i yeah, when yeah. i finish top 10 top 20s in formats it's like yeah you know that, that oh, great you're the ninth loser congratulations yeah <laughs> yeah well hey trust me stato is is number three he's he's, he's the third loser, number man. three yeah he's the first loser so uh no, that's cool. Yeah, hey, look, MJ, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been awesome. Hope the listeners really enjoyed it. Matilda Bay, look, <laughs> I don't know. It was good. It, it's good. It's craft because it's hard to find in some places. That's go. what makes it craft. That's There's your new, new slogan, that's, Matilda that's, Bay. Put that on your DP. Yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the episode title. Matilda Bay, it's hard to find. <laughs> it must be craft. <laughs> Yeah, so everyone, you know MJ, he's over at the coaches panel and uh, certainly you're following them. If if you're listening to us, you're following them, so it's fine. But yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having it. Thanks for jumping on again, man. And um, we'll probably talk in the preseason next year. I'm sure we will. Hey, before we go, like, just want to put you over for a minute, man. Like, I I genuinely love what you do as as a person, as a content creator. I love the way you process the game. I love the way 
you celebrate others and include others in. I love the way you take the mickey out of yourself as much as anybody else and just think you're a genuinely good human being, man. So um, much love from me to you. Huge respect for what you're doing, not just with this, but with the draft doctors and for the community, man. You're an absolute beast. So what well I man. Oh, I appreciate that. You obviously didn't take uh, Hunter Clark in all formats. <laughs> no, no, no. I stick with that advice. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That's great. And um, thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. We have a very special guest from overseas. Ooh. Holy hell.